founders. Welcome back to the Zero to 5,000 podcast, where we obsess over the convergence of human potential and business results. Today, our hosts, Drew McClure and Jordan Mitchell, have another insightful conversation for you. So let's jump right in. Okay, founders, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are joined by Manish Hirapara, CEO of Peak Activity. Peak Activity is a technology and marketing consultancy that helps enterprises achieve long-term scalable growth through better insights, superior talent, and game-changing technology. Peak Activity was listed at an impressive 585 on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest-growing companies. Graduating from the University of Central Florida, Manish got his career started in 2002 at Office Depot, where he developed global e-commerce software. Before becoming CEO of Peak Activity, Manish founded Inaptive in 2007, a software company focused on enabling and transforming business through the use of technology products and solutions. We are pumped to host Manish on the podcast and hear about his impressive background. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, my friend. Glad to be here, Drew. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, we're, we're pumped to have you on here. I'm curious at how you got to where you are today. Where would it make sense in your story to start to, to give us some context? You know, I'd love to start kind of um, with experience and looking at e-commerce as a whole, right? With okay. all the things that are going on with COVID and, and everything that's going on in digital transformation. Uh, one of the fortunate things that I had in my, my past was the ability to work on e-commerce systems. And this was way back when it was just coming. Yeah, there was a little company called Amazon that was just just starting to show up. And uh, that experience kind of, you know, really changed my life. It was, it was really great to, to understand before e-commerce took off, how to do it well. And, and that was back in the old days when you didn't have all the tools that you've got now, there wasn't all these platforms. So you had to, you had to build it from scratch and you had to, you had to know how to do it well. Yeah. And, you know, that's really been, it's been one of those fortunate events that, that has led to peak activity becoming who, who we are and really the, the, the ability for me to be an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, um, and, and get on that Inc. 5000 list. Because without that experience, without having something to hang my hat on um, and having that, you know, cut my teeth in something, it was, it was all right, where do we start, right? And so, yeah. It, what were you doing? What were you doing in that e commerce space in those early days? Yeah. So that was, uh, I was a software engineer. Uh, okay. And you had to build these systems. You had to build them from scratch. You had to build them to scale. And one of the great things about Office Depot when I joined, they were the number two online retailer in the world. And really, and so it was. You know, they were they were past a billion dollars. They were they were on this hockey stick growth because uh, everyone was shifting from phones and faxes and catalog ordering to to online. And so we saw the future, and we had to make it. Because there was there was no there was no technology out there that was really built for it because it was it, we were one of the pioneers, and so my job as you know as the engineer was to figure out how to build it, and then eventually I I, I became the engineering manager, and then eventually I went over to the, the business side and had to figure out how to build build the two bridges between those. Um, so, Interesting. Okay, so what led to you transitioning on from there? Yeah, you know, so I've always been an entrepreneur. Um, I left. Back in 2007, and founded a software company. Uh, eventually, had a successful exit to uh, a company in the UK. Uh, it, it's still around. We sold a piece of it, but uh, you know, I grew up selling sodas on the golf course down here in Florida. And yeah. I, I I fixed bikes for a living. Uh, you know, when I was 
12, 13 years old. I pumped, pumped air in, in other people's tires and charged them nickel. So I've always had the, the bug to, to figure out how to, how to really be a successful leader and, and drive business. Um, I, I still remember you know, my friends in college, they're, they're going out to, to parties. Not that I didn't do my fair share of partying, but I'm also reading books on how to think like a CEO and how to tell wow. stories and, 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 and things like that. So I've always had that drive, that, that sort of energy. Um, but you know, you 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 go through life. You get a job. You you have kids, and and you have to feed them. And and um, you you always take those those pulse points, and you go, well, is now the time? No, maybe I'll do it later. Yeah. Um, but you know, back in 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 2015, when we founded Peak Activity, the the, the timing was right. Um, I had left Office Depot. I was doing some consulting work, and it was just like, you know, let's let's jump in. The, the tailwinds in this market in digital marketing and in technology, they're not going anywhere. And so let's, let's, let's build a company out of it. And, and that's what we did. Wow. All right. So here's what I'm curious. Often you hear very similar stories to yours. You know, you look back and you see the breadcrumb clues of being entrepreneurial from an early age, you know, being wired a little different, think a little different uh, in your mind, how much of that is nature and how much of that is nurture? Like, did you have parents that encouraged that or are you, did you kind of stick out that that's unique to you and you don't know where it comes from? Uh, what's your thoughts on that for you? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, Drew. I, I, I think there is a nature part of it. And, and I watched that. I have four children myself and I watch their mannerisms and, and you, you raise them a certain way, right? You, you raise them to be great people and great humans. Um, but I don't see the same necessarily drive in all of them or you know a different levels of, of drive in all of them but i think it, it develops over time yeah I tell you my my third son probably is much more oriented around negotiating than and probably being that third kid than 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 my first one right um so i do feel like there is leaders are you know are taught there there's certainly you've got to learn how to be um you know humble you, you gotta learn how to be a servant leader you gotta learn those things but i do feel like there, there's an internal energy that that somehow you're born with, or, or you learn at an early age before you even before you yeah. even you know think about it. I, I I certainly think back to, you know, when I was four or five years old, six years old, and uh, you know, if you think about the development journey, it was just kind of natural. Like, yeah, I want to go do this. Like, I, wow. I want to jump in. Mm -hmm. So that's so fascinating to me. Um, okay, I want to skip to another thing that you said. You asked a great question, which I think all of us ask: Is now the time? Right. When we're starting to to juggle the, the, you know, the risk versus the potential reward. And uh, so many people, is this the time to jump? Am I being foolish uh, if I've got kids? You know, that kind of thing for you. Have you found anything to be a helpful guide or uh, I know there's never a there's never a way to precisely know if it's the right time or not. But there does seem to be wisdom on, hey, ask these questions first, or, mm -hmm. you know, at least explore this first. How, how do you help? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think about this one a lot. Okay. Because, uh, you know, having gone on this journey, I do advise other founders and, and, and especially startups. I'm, I'm really big in the, in the South Florida tech community and, and like making it, making it um, higher in stature and, and growing it. And I think the key for me is I always tell companies, let the market tell you, right? Instead of mm -hmm. you trying to figure out something, it's like, hey, I've got this great idea. We're going to be the Uber of, you know, water delivery. 
all right, great. Put something out there. Go get some revenue because you'll you'll get one customer, you get two customers, you get those early adopters, and you'll know right away mm. that yeah, this is something that that's kicking in. This is this is something that that that's really uh, meant meant for me for, to do. And uh, I I think too many you know too many stories of Silicon Valley is great, love it. Too many stories of oh I got an A round funding of seven million dollars and I got this this B round of thirty million dollars. And I've got to go do that, right? And and the real world of entrepreneurship is is not like that. If you look at that no. eight five thousand, it's hustle. It's it's being scrappy, yeah. And it's letting the market really tell you, hey, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll pay you a hundred dollars for that water delivery, whatever that that business is idea you is you got. And as soon as you get two or three or four paying customers, all of a sudden you know, okay, I can now figure out how to scale this. Yeah, that's a whole different ball of wax. But for sure, getting getting out there, getting to the market. And people will tell you because if, if nobody's signing up for your product, you got to pivot, right? Yeah, keep, yeah, that's right. <laughs> keep your day job and 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 do something else. Yeah, yeah. Are you familiar with the um, the the concept of the startup J curve? I haven't heard about that one now. Yeah, super interesting. And I'm from recall. I'm not going to be able to recall all of it, but basically, this guy has been a part of investing in and starting, you know hundreds of companies i don't know if it's actually hundreds or not but it's it's that kind of lore and he says he sees this kind of uh this this trend that he would call the startup j curve uh, where everyone's looking for the hockey stick but really it's a j curve at first mm -hmm. and it's a it's where you have the initial idea but then you go into actually like bringing it to market right and it's in that place that you get like your first feedback where mm -hmm. you is this actually a fit or not and then you start tweaking and he's like, you're, you're looking for the magic at that point. You're looking right. for the product market fit. And he's like, you got to do all this before you ever even get to the conversation around scale, around even thinking about what the business model is. Like, you don't know what the business model is yet because you don't even know if, if people right. want this, right? Right. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have a phrase I love to use, crossing the chasm, right? You cross yes. the chasm later, right? You, you got you to get up to the, the edge before you, you, you think about crossing the chasm and then crossing the chasm to scale, which is, it's very similar. I 100% I, I yeah. agree because I think all too often founders are thinking, well, how do I get 100 million users? If I'm, I'm, I'm creating a mobile app, I'm going to get 100 million users tomorrow. Well, no, you got to test it with five. You got to test it with 10 Yeah, and, and make sure that it works because otherwise you lose your one shot with the 100 million user set. Mm. You know, they'll download that app once and then they'll be gone and then they've got no business, right? Man, you're right too about who's on the Inc. 5000 list. That's been the most. So we're 60, I think we're 60 something episodes in, right? All, every person who's been on here has been on the current Inc. 5000 list. And I am so, it's like so cool to see who, what kind of companies, what kind of people are today's fastest growing companies. And it's just fascinating. Like they're all amazing, like high integrity, high character. They've worked their asses off. They're really smart, but they they bring in a lot of help, and there are a variety of industries, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have digital marketing agencies, there are IT technology and like defense kind of stuff, but then there's a straw company, a freaking guy who's like literally has changed the way that we uh, gather straw and distribute it and whatever. And then the last last week was a freaking chimney sweeper, but he's the second largest chimney sweeper like in the world. And has built eight other businesses around, and he's a brilliant business brain. And I'm like, this is so cool to see the subset of of the kind of companies that are really growing right now. You know what I'm it's saying? It's amazing. It, it tells you you don't have to be in whatever the latest shiny fad exactly. is, right? You, you yes. chimney sweeping. It, there, there's an industry in everything. You know, I was driving out in an equestrian community out here. 
Yeah. And shovel and horse manure. There's there's industries to be had, right? Yeah. But people think they have to develop the next thing. Like it's got to be. They don't. Right. The social media platform that everyone's going to be on or the things that revolutionizes, you know, how we travel or whatever. It's like Mm -hmm. find a problem, find a problem that you would be interested in solving and then find a way to solve it. And, and, and there's always market share to be had, right? It's yes. not about conquering an industry, right? If you think about social media, all right, Facebook set out to conquer an industry and they still haven't, right? There's still Twitter and there's still all right. these new upstarts that are coming in. No matter what, there's going to be competition, but take your market share. So if you're, if you're the third largest chimney sweeper, become the second largest, right? I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's accretive growth, not, I'm just going to be on that, that hockey stick, right? And that yeah. 100% agree with that because I think, all too often, that's how businesses fail. Is they try to think, yeah. You know, I think too many companies try to think about growing themselves to death, right? Yeah. I'm, you know, I, I'm going to go take on this 13,000 square foot office, even though I have got one employee, because I'm going to fill it. So <laughs> go, 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 go get you know 13,000 customers, and then go get the office, right? That's yeah, the yeah. Way to think about it. I'm curious for you, why, why stay in Florida versus a, a business like yours? I could see either feeling pressure or being like, yeah, I need to go to Silicon Valley. I need to go be around other tech and other in, and investors and things like that. What, 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 uh, helped you decide to stay where you are? Well, the good news is I've got a house and I've got kids, right? So it's, it's not as easy just to pick up and, and, uh, move, especially to a, a high, a high cost high cost market, like, like Silicon Valley is, um, the even better news is we're in Miami. We are a, thriving growing tech scene you've got you've got financial companies moving down from the northeast um because you know what especially with covid they're like oh well, yeah we can be anywhere let's let's go to where the weather is warm and we've got venture capitals coming in we've got a tech uh, a vibrant tech community because we've got we've got we're, we're, the, we're the crossroads of the americas and yeah. so we've got entrepreneurs that are from latin america we've got people coming in from europe all the time and i do think you know the state of florida is one of those when i grew up here um I think it's one of those. It's it, when I was a kid, it was the fastest growing state. You know, like a thousand people were moving in a day. It kind of it kind of trailed off a little bit, and it's that fastest growing uh, state, I think, or the second fastest growing state again. And the beautiful thing is, with all the people coming in, in here, there's diversity. So it's not just, you know, I've got an idea. I need to go get an A round of seven million dollars, and I'm going to get a B round. It's hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up that that you know we don't have chimneys here so i wouldn't wouldn't be a chimney sweeping operation but uh, i'm going to open up that company and i'm going to i'm going to kind of ladder my way up so there's a lot of great you know small medium sized businesses here um, that's awesome and there's and there's no state income tax so you know it's it, it's not a bad place to be for that either like yeah i do think home is where you make it and yeah. you, you can create businesses anywhere right it it doesn't matter if you're on a remote island off of the coast of alaska you've got as long as you've got the, the internet you've got connectivity and you've got what's in between your ears it, you you can you can thrive anywhere um and so i don't think you've got to move to to the pockets um where you've got the concentration of talent i think that talent is going everywhere we, we've they got are. team members all around the world we've got we've got team members in california we've got team members in south america we've got team members in europe and asia so it it's it's a connected world now and wow it's it's now about how do you apply it, which is a great a great thing. And I will one one more shameless plug for the South Florida community. We we are importing. We've got one of the greatest greatest university systems in, in the in the world. You know, really, I think there's 
21 state universities. It's a, it's a really, really large university system. So wow. what we were doing is we were importing talent from, from other states um, because people are moving down from New York. We've also got this huge young population that's graduating. And our job here is to keep them in the state because a lot of times they were the ones that were going to Silicon Valley. So one of the things we've done at Peak Activity is like, let's go, let's go over to our universities and, and help train kids mm. and keep jobs here in the state as well. So it's a, it's, a nice, it's a nice thing you can do for the community as well. Yeah, it's also nice to be there in the winter. It is. It certainly is. <laughs> Beautiful weather year round. I mean, yeah, it's on. it's it's mid March and it's uh, eighty two degrees outside today, so it's, I can't complain. It's sunny. I love Miami. It's such a fun town. Um, man, I just watched a documentary. We cannot. We don't. Have, this is off topic for the podcast, but I just watched this documentary, Operation Odysseus. Have you seen that? I have not. No. <laughs> you got to watch it, buddy. It's okay. about. It's about. Um, it's about a, a sting that went down with a cartel member who had partnered up with a local Miami guy and a Russian who had started a uh, who was also in Miami. He moved down from New York to Miami. It's like back in the early '90s or something, and they were w- working to uh, traffic drugs for the cartels. They would do they would build speedboats and all that kind of stuff. Right. But then they started escalating. Like the the Russia had just fallen. The Soviet Union had just fallen, and so sh- stuff was for sale that they couldn't believe. So they went and bought, like, huge helicopters for the, okay. for the cartel, and then they went to buy a submarine. And that's when they got caught, was trying to buy a Russian submarine <laughs> <laughs> to bring Is to it the- like Netflix? Or- yes. It's, it's, okay. the one of the, it's, like, one of the most entertaining documentaries I've seen in the longest time. And it was all that's- focused right there in Miami. And that's Miami for you right there in a nutshell, right? Is yes. you, you can get some, you know, it, it, there's there's just some crazy stuff that's happening. Yeah, it's, but that's what you're like awesome. to the nexus, right? There was like the collision of culture, of people, right. of good and bad. It's like just right. where things were happening, right. you know? And, you know, I do think Atlanta's a lot like that now. Right? Very much. You got, I remember, you know, Harry's Market where you get, you pretty much buy any crazy exotic food that you want in the, in the yeah. world. Things are flown in from Asia and, and and it's it's great to see that sort of crossroads of, of, of yeah it's it's, what, it's what's made entrepreneurship in America, in my opinion, happen right. So I'm I'm the the son of immigrants right. If you think about just the the diversity of the mindset of you know how things are and how th- how the world works, it's not all just one one way of, of doing business, which is great. It, it helps create those those Inc. Five Thousand companies. As yeah, well. and that's what I loved in that documentary. You literally had a Russian gangster. You had a white Miami native who was a great business guy, and you had basically a Colombian cartel member <laughs> who formed up a business and were just running stuff. Right. Uh, I love it. Okay, back <laughs> back to real questions. Tell me more. Tell me about Peak Activity. We haven't even really got to that yet. Like, how did you start it? What does it focus on? And where is it at today? Yeah. So uh, we we started it really just one person at a time. We, we were out there consulting. I was out there consulting. And I had a lot of people in my network that people I had worked with that were really, really smart people. And I said, you know, guys, instead of all, all just being independents, let's, let's come, come around a, a common brand and, and have a roof and have a story to tell. And so it was, it was really taking all that knowledge. And it, it was quite, it's, it was the, the inflection point was kind of amazing. I realized after had, having had worked at Office Depot, large scale e-commerce systems, having, started my own technology company, I realized how much sort of knowledge that I had built up. And, you know, I'd go to have conversations with potential customers, right? Put myself out in the market. Right. And they go, wow, we need to talk to you more. Can you come in, you know, eight hours a day and, and talk to us? And I said, sure, let's, let, I'd talk about this stuff all day. 
And so, you know, uh, we, we hired a couple people, we, we brought on some projects, we hired some more people, and all of a sudden here we are, we're over 200 uh, Peaksters is what we call ourselves. And we've, we've created this great culture of, of sort of innovative emerging tech. And, and we have really five main areas that we focus on. And the, the, the place that we start is strategy. And, and okay. I think having, you know, probably for you, having interviewed a lot of, a lot of people like me, I think there's a common thread in, in really successful entrepreneurs and that they think big picture, they, yeah. they're visionaries. And all too often the companies that are trying to make a shift, you know, a pivot, if you're a 40 year old brick and mortar company and you're trying to get into this digital world, you don't have that vision because you don't have the experience. Mm. And so what we try to do is just really try to simplify things for them and say, hey, here's the things we've seen in other places. So we, we kind of come in, and what's usually happening is they're doing too many things. So if, you, if I think about like a, a brick and mortar retail company that, that's saying, hey, all my customers don't want to come into my store, but they want to buy online. Let's do 50 projects and, and we're just going to make this smorgasbord of online features. And, and then you really think about it and go, your customers want probably two or three things. Let's go do those two or three things really well. So that focus, that, that, that strategy can bring you. Yeah, and and you know, writing it down is, is probably ninety percent of the battle because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be this digital company. Well, have you written it down? Have you have you have you documented? Have you have you <laughs> bounced it against other people? Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it, you know, I got somebody to do that. I, I hired a I hired an intern. He, you know, his his kid brother codes on the side, right? Yep. So so anyway, back to peak activity strategy is where we start: digital strategy, marketing strategy, technology strategy. Okay. And then from there, well, yeah, that's where we started. Drew, and then what happened was people go, well, that's great. I love this strategy. I want to do those three things really well, but I don't have the people to do it. So can you help me find the people to do it? Or can you bring the, can you do it for me? And so what we did was we built the capability around digital marketing, e-commerce and technology solutions. Um, and, and once we had that, we've got that the machine going, you know, my whole thing is I'm, I'm always thinking five years out or 10 years out and, and trying to be a, a little you know, more future visionary, emerging technology comes into play. If you, if you think about machine learning, if you think about augmented reality, yeah, the, the, the buzzword of AI, my job is for the clients that we work with, I want them to be, you know, not first to market, but I want them to know what's going on in the market. Yeah. And so if something's coming out, like a, a, a new machine learning, al learning algorithm that they can take and better their business and increase, you know, increased sales by two or 3% just by putting something in our job is to bring it to them. So, so we're, we're really just a professional services firm. We provide these wraparound services so that you can be doing the things that Amazon does but without having to hire a bazillion people like Amazon has, right? You can be doing yeah. the things that, Facebook, things that Facebook does. And that's our job is to be your partner along the way and help you go on your digital transformation journey because everyone Everyone's got a phone in their pocket. Everyone's got a laptop, a PC. Everyone's got customers coming to them saying, hey, I want to engage with you digitally. And we provide the know-how, we provide the services, and really we provide the, the roadmap for them to get from point A to point B. And, Super cool. And the great ones are successful in that. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so when you first did this, when you first grabbed your first buddy or other consultant and said, hey, let's, let's create a common, a common company that we're operating out of, uh, was it immediate success up and to the right or was there some, uh, scary days? Like when you go back to that, w w give me the landscape. 
it was pretty much immediate success um, because I did what we talked about earlier, which is I, I went to the market first. I created the demand before I, I, I brought in the supply. So it was, gotcha. it was, it was more the, oh crap, we just landed a second project and a third project and there's no way I can be in two or three places at the same time. Yeah. So I need to go, I need to go bring you in and you got to get on a plane with me tomorrow. Right. So, so the, the, it's, I, I do, I really do feel strongly like go get, get your demand, go get your customers, go get your clients uh, first and then figure out how to, how to, you know, supply. Cause, cause you can always, you can always scale your supply behind the demand, but it's harder to say, Hey, you know, I've got, I've got 10 people here sitting on the bench. Right. Let's go figure out if we can go, you know, go sign people up. Cause Making deals is always longer than, than you like. It, 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 it's always, you know, getting paid as an entrepreneur is always slower than you like. Right? Yes. So there's always these things that, that you, you want to think about doing upfront, getting that demand and, and trying to be a little more just in time. Now, when you when you scale the business, you know, we're, we're, at, we're a little over 200 now. You got to start flipping that. Like we're, in the, we're at the point where I have to create a bench because yeah. there might be five projects showing up tomorrow. And if I don't have the bench, I'm going to be just, you know, I'm going to be pushing these, these projects out or I'm, I'm going to be doing them at, at not enough of a, a quality that yeah. you know, the first clients would have had. So, but you so can we're, we're kind you of can at that, that Yeah, you can sustain right. that at this point, whereas early on that might sink you, right? Correct, correct. I'm curious. Let's take, a, let's take a look internally. So tell me about culture. Tell me about what you've learned in, in creating a healthy culture and the importance of it. I want to start there just as – not just as the person who started the outward facing business, but someone who's recruited, hired and developed people as part of your company. Yeah. I, I can't say enough about it. it. It's the most important thing. And, and it's, it's really one of the hardest things to, to yes. maintain. You know, we, we hire three or four people a week. Uh, it seems like. And if you think about that, you, you, you're basically bringing in a, a whole new batch of, of, of your company every six, six months or so. And yeah, you've got to focus on having not only your culture built from when we first started and there was five of us, but you've got to think about every single day, somebody's new news walking in the door. How do we make sure that they're a cultural fit? You got to hire for it. But more importantly, in my opinion is, is you got to make it contagious. If you make it contagious, mm. if you, if you write down your core values, we, we, we spent some time, we wrote down our core values, we wrote down our mission. We, we went through the process and it's hard work when you're an entrepreneur because your clients yeah. are always out there or your, your business is always out there, but you got to yep. take the time for yourself. Yeah. And think did you guys, that. did you guys use a, a process or a system like EOS or something like that to help you with that? Or just went about it your own way? We, we, we actually had, um, sort of loosely. Um, so we've, we've tried EOS ourselves. We, we ended up liking OKRs. We feel like OKRs a little more tech company oriented. Yeah. Um, but, but really what we did is we got somebody from the outside. We got a coach. Yeah. who sat down with us, locked us in a room for three hours. It was me and my co-founder. And we just put a bunch of, you know, we went through a, here's what, what, what do we believe in? You know, yeah. one of our first, first core values is loyalty. We're loyal to each other. We're loyal to our clients. We're loyal to our, our vendors. And, you know, so just, we put the words out there that stuck and we ended up with, with five core values. Um, and it, it's great because now we repeat them at every town hall. I do a town hall once a month with, with everyone in the company. Cool. And every single month we're, we're talking about those core values and we're praising people who live their core values and, and, you know, showing examples of it. And that's great for anyone new coming into the company because they then just get bought in. They, 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 they see it, they see it come into life. And yes. so you, you can kind of keep it going. Dude, that's so cool. So we, outside of the podcast, I run a coaching company 
And that's the kind of stuff we get brought in to do. Not That's not exclusively what we do, but we're the person in the room helping the founder be like, hey, what are the core values? What are the actual ones, not the aspired ones, the ones you really will embody, those kinds of things. Uh, it's so, it's so cool. valuable. I, I, thank you for doing what you do because yeah. without it, you know, people like me would be lost, right? I can talk to other co-founders all day long. Yeah. At some point, you know, like an EOS or whatever it is, yeah. you need some help. And Just direct it. It's like, all right, yeah. you and, have the and, answers. And it's, right. You, you know, just need you to know discover. What, you, what you want to do, but you yes. got to just sit down and do it. And, and that's, exactly. That, and that's why and it's so, hard to do from the inside. So for us, that's why we call ourselves coaching company, not consulting. Consulting mm -hmm. we love is a space like you're in, but we're working with founders and leadership and executive teams. And we're like, you already are the experts. We're not going to come in and tell you what to do, but sometimes right. you need a coach to come in and help you discover whatever it is that the issue is that you already have the unique insight on, but you didn't have the framework. You didn't have the, you know, the ability to see it, which is a little bit different skill than consulting. Um, right. So I'm curious. I love that you're doing the town hall. That is so fun. I love that you are regularly highlighting because you, you, you cultivate what you celebrate, right? So mm -hmm. if you're regularly showing people, this is what gets our attention in a positive way. I mean, I saw this with kids. I had a, a friend who was a therapist one time say, um, I don't remember what I, I don't remember what the context was, but I think I was talking about an issue with my oldest and he was like, do you give her as much attention when, you, when she does stuff right as you do when she's done something wrong? And I was like, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. And he's like, well, just observe. And he was right. Like if she did something wrong, man, she's got my full attention. You know, mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, we need to talk. Like, what's going on? No, go apologize to mommy. Like all that kind of stuff. Right. She doesn't write. I go, Oh, thanks, sweetheart. And I'm, I'm on my way. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. people thrive off attention. And mm -hmm. right now you're telling them they're going to get more attention when they're doing something wrong than, than when they're doing something right. And so he's like, flip that, flip that. That's, like, that's, it's, that's cool? amazing insight. It's, it's, you know what, one thing I, I I've, I've observed as entrepreneurs is we're so we're busy, right? We're working 80 hours. We're checking Slack. We're checking email. We're, we're, yeah. we're going from meeting to meeting. And, uh, you know, you've got kids, I've got kids. Sometimes we, we, we underserve the home life with the skills that we learn. Yes. You know, cause we're, we're babysitting sometimes, you know, our, 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 our teams over here, we're, we're, we're giving them the attention when they do things right. We're doing praise and town halls, but then we don't apply it at home because we're just beat. We go home and exhausted. We're like, exhausted. Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that's one of the epiphanies I've had now that we were, we're in year six and, and I've got a leadership team and I can, I can, I'm not taking my foot off the gas, but I can, I can think a little bit more Yeah, is I've got to do the same thing with my kids. I've got to teach them uh, the, the same way I would, I would coach, uh, you know, somebody on my leadership team. Yeah. Is, I think it's, 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 it's sort of an insight for me that I, I hadn't even thought about. And, and you don't, you don't hear about that in coaching and, and writing and reading books, right? You're no. uh, transform your business, but your, your, your home life being stable and, and your kids being, you know, well-raised is, is, is just as important. I don't even naturally, and this is sad, but it's taken years of, of intentional, but I don't naturally think the same way. Like I don't have that hat on. Do you know what I mean? Yes. hundred so percent. I'm not thinking, I how do I lead you in this moment in the, and, and thinking strategically and whatever. I'm just like, what's going on? Like, stop doing that. You <laughs> yes. know what I mean? Just right. Quit. Just stop doing that. Um, and I, my, my wife, man, she, I remember she made me, she made me cry <laughs> years ago when I got off the phone, I've been on, like all day on the phone coaching different individuals and I get off and she was like, she goes, I love and hate listening to you coach people. 
I said, why? She's like, I love it because it's so good. It's so true to who you are and all that kind of stuff. She's like, I, I hate it though. Cause I get jealous that I feel like they get all your coaching and we don't. And I was like, uh-huh. That is a hundred percent accurate. For and she was like, I wish, yeah. I wish you would turn that towards us. Like ask me those questions. Like, how am I doing and blah, blah, blah. And man, it made me cry. Cause I didn't realize it. It was like a blind spot. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize mm-hmm. I was doing that here with incredible intentionality, with purpose, with passion, and then kind of just, you know, floating over here. Um, that was a real gut check, man. Yeah, no, and I think it's all too often entrepreneurs do it too little, too late. Uh, yeah. So it's something I've, I've kind of mindfully tried to, to start transitioning myself. Not that what I'm are some ways? Thing. What are some ways if someone's having that revelation right now, like, dude, I don't have, I don't even want to call it work-life balance. It's, it's, it's not that because it's never, it's never a perfect balance. But I, I'm realizing I need to be more intentional at home, just like I'm intentional at work. I realize I need to be investing in the care of things that my, you know, whether it's kids, wife, maybe it's just friends, community. Right. Um, right. Any ideas for, for how you go about approaching that? Yeah. You know what I love to do is use the same systems. I'm a big believer in systems and repeatable processes. And, and, and uh, if you think about it, right, we're putting in objectives and key results to measure what matters yeah. in our, our workplace. Well, why don't I do the same thing with my 15-year-olds? And if, he, if he's got an objective, which is let's go on a hike in Asheville, North Carolina, or let's go for a week to, to hike in Asheville, North Carolina. And if I think about that, all right, that's a great objective, son. What are the key results? Well, we want to get to see three waterfalls, and we want to get to, to, to four sunsets. Cool. Let's write it down. Put it on the whiteboard. Put it, you know, so that's I, I cool. think all too often we just kind of say, all right, that's cool. Let's let, let me go check my email. Right. Yes. But, but what I did is, you know, I sit down, I write it down on, on a whiteboard and that makes it real. Now you go, you as an entrepreneur, you're wired to, to okay, I'm going there. Right? Yeah. I'm going to accomplish that. Me I'm not, I'm getting to Asheville. I'm going to make those hikes and, and it helps you. It helps frame the conversation. So I, I really think we've got, we've all got systems, you know, imperfect or, or, or not but they're in place right um use an email right instead of emailing just another client email your wife right and, and oh and cool so there's lots of cool ways that i think you could take the same systems you have in day-to-day life and apply them and i think people don't do that we're big believers in agile yes two-week sprints and 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 making sure that that you're you're, you're iterative and and you know, able to pivot and things like that well why not have a, have, have a huddle with your, with, your, with your family every Saturday morning? Hey, let's have a huddle. What did we do last week? What are we going to do this week? What's, what's getting our way from of, of meeting our goals as a family? Works, right? Have a board in the, in the house. Have a scrum board or, or a Kanban board. So like, what's, what's the highest priorities for this family to be doing? Well, we got a vacation in, in Asheville this summer. Let's get it planned. Let's sit down on Saturday That's morning cool. and, and do it, right? I, I, Dude, I I've never heard that. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've heard people take principles, but like not legitimately think through the actual system that you're using over there and directly apply it over here. I love that. They all apply. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you modify them and, but you're, and I think you're also teaching your kids, you're teaching your family, like good communication skills and good leadership principles. And, you know, what are, what are our family's core values? If I think about writing, writing a strategic document for the family, what's our mission? What's our, what's our, what's our objectives? What are our goals? Yeah. Hey, why not? Like, you know, sit down, just like, I'll bring, I'll bring you in Drew and, and you can help coach us and, and, and get us to, to sit in a room for three hours and write down our goals and <laughs> it'd probably be a better cohesive family unit. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's so fun, man. I love that. All right. Tell, take, take me into your, your philosophy or your thinking on building 
teams. I'm building high-performing teams. Uh, where's your head go when you think about that? I think the, the, you've got to start with the culture no matter what, right? You've got to think through, all right, I, I want, I want, and, and I don't, I don't want to say that they're all like A players because I don't, I don't believe that. I think you've got to find the right fit personality-wise in, in yeah. high-performance teams. But then I think you've got to also think about people, people, people want to be led. You want to think about those leaders. So you want to think about who's going to lead. And then when they, when they have, you know, you've got that leader, all right, what's the structure that they're going to follow. And, and I'm, I'm really spending a lot of time on scale right now and, and mm. thinking about scale and, and identifying common patterns and, and creating systems like we talked about, which is yeah. you've got to create the systems so that, the leader can go on vacation for two or three weeks and the team still runs and the team still runs at a high, high performing way. So putting in measurements, understanding what your, your objectives are. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big listener to um, Jocko podcast and yeah. taking patterns out of the, uh, the U S Navy and, and, and um, you know, the Navy seals and, and things like that, because you've got to, you've got to lead and, you've got to create those, those you've got to write things down. You've got to, you got to create those repeatable those SOP standard operating procedures. Um, so that as you go through this, it's not about the individual, it's about the team. And, and I do mm. believe that one plus one equals five when you've got that teamwork really, really honed in. And, yeah. and, you know, there's always personality conflicts. There's always management, you know, we're in the people business, uh, no matter what, right. When there's two people in a room, you're in the people business. And, and you've got to be able to, to overcome those and, and you can overcome those through data, through common mission, through, through communication. So have you I don't guys think there's invested, one single formula. Have okay. you guys invested in things that are like training these leaders or resources for development or anything like that? What does that look like for peak activity? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I personally am a huge believer in it. Uh, I'm a member of Vistage which is where, you know, peer group CEOs come together and just talk about their own businesses and, and what's going on. I've got my, uh, several of my team members in, in Vistage groups as well, where they can go out. I'm a big believer in getting outside of your four walls, right? So yeah. things go on with your company, but if you see how's that chimney sweeping company doing, you know, or facing and conquering the problem we've got, Oh, I might bring an idea back. Yeah. And, and I also believe in, in, uh, individual coaching. Um, I think, you know, as much as we can individual or small group coaching especially when you think about cross-functionally yeah. you can bring three or four leaders in for, that don't regularly work with each other in a company but now your delivery person and your marketing person and your technology person are sitting in a room going through an, an eight-hour session on you know identifying uh challenges and, and obstacles and, and breakthrough performance they got a common bond right yeah and, and yeah so absolutely I, I, i'm a huge believer in you know the right coaching and some of it as at the individual level, some of it is at the group level, but yeah. I, I think all too often, and I, and I observe a lot of companies, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, just, I'm, I'm, a, I'm just a, a junkie and student of, of, yeah. of watching companies and, you know, history repeats, repeats itself. Watch the ones that have been successful. Like look at what Google did to, to scale its company over the last 25 years. Look what Amazon's doing and, you know, applying critical thinking skills. So, Coaches help you do that, in my opinion, and yeah. so we definitely like it. Man, super fun. Uh, one more question for you before we get into the lightning round. I want to know for you personally, you have to expend a lot of energy, right? Like regularly, anybody, 
this is true for anybody, but especially the, the more leadership that you step into, the more responsibility you kind of, you kind of bear every day you're, you're solving problems every day. You're having to show up and be at your best. Um, how do you recover? Like, what is, what is, what is, what have you found to be helpful for you to renew the energy that you're expending and show up without burning out? Two things I think are super important. One is get help. And, and I mean that in delegation, the, the faster you build your leadership team to get the, the sooner you get your number two and your number three or, or your heads of departments in you're, you're, you're way better off. I went to park city, Utah last week, went with my family. I had one business meeting Heck yeah. um, and, and I was able to check out for, for five or six days and you know what I did? The other thing, which is I read books and not books on business or whatever. I, I read books about trees. I read books, of, you know, of fiction, yeah. like just, you know, mindless fiction. Yes. And I think so to taking yourself away from, from the, the problem you're trying to solve. I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fitness buff. So I'll, you know, I'll go run and I'll try to solve the problem when I'm running or, or ride bike or mountain biking or skiing or whatever it is. So I think you, you, you can always be thinking about it. Um, but kind of looking at it from outside the machine, not just being in the machine yeah. Yeah. is important for leaders. And in order for you not to be in the machine, you got to have other people running, running things so that you can be strategic and working on your business, not in the business all the time. Love that. Are there any daily habits or rituals that, that really you believe in or buy into? I'm, I'm the antithesis of ritual or habit. Um, it, it's, it's, a. Uh, it's funny every single day people ask me like what's a good day for you to 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 do this i'm i'm pretty much different every single day i mean i do believe cool. you, you should work out every single day um whether it's a walk or, or a bike ride I, I, i'm i'm a believer that if you don't do it one day you're, you're gonna you're just gonna it's it's easier for you to fall off the wagon so you know what just do it every day 30 minutes yeah. 45 minutes just just do it every day so that's probably the only real sort of ritual or habit that i that i follow I try to, I try to write, I try to, I try to journal, I try to think about things, but you know, maybe it's just my personality, but it, it, I, I don't, I know people who get up at 4.45 in the morning and write a gratitude Jocko. journal and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's Your boy Jocko. Yeah. yeah, that's just not me. Same. Yeah. So my business partner and I are very similar. I've gotten a little bit more like, so for me, working out is one of them. Uh, and there's a few things like that, that I just need to, I need that in the day. And mm -hmm. then I find certain things helpful if I'm having this kind of day and then other things helpful if I'm having this kind of day, you know, like it, it, there's certain days where it's like, I need to go on a walk. And the reason why is like, is what it's, everything's getting muddled up here and I just need to get outside mm -hmm. and I need to go on a walk or something. And then there's other times I know if this, if I'm feeling this way, I might need this, but he's, he's, I start with this yeah. and then yeah. I do this and then I do this every day, you know, no matter what. Um, so I love hearing somebody else that, that feels a little more fluid and loose, you know, loose with it. Like I, think, I yeah, I'm a go with the flow guy, I guess, you know, just it, it, let's see where, where we go. I think you always have that plan, the longer term plan, but yes, day to day, you, you, you can change things. Yep. Oh man. I love that. All right. Let's hit these lightning round questions and then I will let you get back to your day. Number one, these are five questions. Sorry. These are five questions that we've asked every founder on here and uh, do not overthink it. First thing that comes to mind Lightning round question number one. If you could ingrain one message into your entire organization, what would it be? Move and matter. One of our core values. Move, matter. Don't overthink it. 
go make a decision, you can walk back from almost every single decision. Um, Come on. Or change any single decision. But you got to move. You got to move matter. What What do you mean by matter? Like substance? Don't just don't. Yeah, don't just move for the sake of moving, but do something important, right? So got it. It's 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 all too often, especially in corporate America, people are just like, oh, I'm just gonna go in, clock in, and and sit around, and drink coffee. Like, no, yeah, do yeah. something that matters. Or look busy. Yeah, look, read an article, learn about something, even if you're not busy. You know, look, get some substance in your life. Love it, man. That's awesome. Number two, what is the single best advice you've ever gotten about growing your business, and what was the worst? The single best advice I've ever gotten. Um, I have I have a mentor. His name is Mark Landry. He, he's former CEO, I think, of Unilever. Um, so he gives me all kinds of great advice. Um, the single best thing is be patient. Be patient. It, it cool. takes time to grow. It takes time to, to put systems in. It takes time to scale. The business world is not going to just implode on you, although it almost did last year. But it's be patient, be methodical, you know, you know to, to, to go, go at it intelligently. The, the single worst advice... Uh, you know, I, I I don't I can't I can't really think about that. I think we 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 all probably take in advice more around people, right? It's more like, hey, hire that person or or that person's gonna be great or that that person's terrible, and we 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 let that noise get to us. Yeah, um, and kind of let kind of go down at the individual level instead of thinking about at the, the big picture level. So I think it's it's for me it's always, oh well that that person's. A pain in the butt. You got to you got to figure out how to, how to deal with them. Like, yeah, but I got huge problems over here with cash flow. I'm not dealing with an individual personality. I yeah, think that's the, those are the pieces that always get to me. Cool. All right, number three. What causes you the most worry or stress leading your organization? I I've got an accountability to 200 plus families to be fed, and you know it, I think it's the the entre- classic entrepreneurs and imposter syndromes and all right, I, 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 I don't know how the heck we got here. I got pinched myself. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it's, <laughs> is this, is this going to be here a year from now, two years from now? Yeah. Odds are yes. Right. So you, it's really just that, um, that futuristic worry that we all need to live in the moment, but it's, it's, it's one of those pieces of stress that I, I want to make sure that, when we go from 200 to 400, those 400 families are, are, are fed and, and, and there's homes for them and, and things like that. Yeah. Heck yeah. I love that. Uh, number four, what is your big, hairy, audacious goal, your BHAG? So our, our, as a company, we, we're going to launch new companies. So it's, we're, we're sort of like this, this magnet, this engine for, for launching new companies. So over, over the next, uh, 10 years, our plan is to launch 20 new companies out of peak activity, whether it's a machine learning company or an augmented reality company or uh, whatever data science company, we're, we're going to do that. And we're going to continue to grow this engine so that we have the capability to do that. So if I think about really good entrepreneurship opportunities, see, see an idea, here's here's an opportunity, go 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 do it. If you're, I don't care what, what position you're in, you could be the janitor, but you got an awesome idea, go, here's, here's 5,000 bucks, go do it. Wow. I love that. Killer. Number five. This is our creative question, so have fun with it. If you could hop into a DeLorean, go back to the past, and tell yourself one thing out the driver's side window as you drive by, when would you go back, and what would you say to yourself? Believe in yourself. You've got the skills. You've got the capability. You've got the knowledge. When go, would, just go when would you have needed to hear that the most, you think? 
I think every one of those years that I didn't start this company or whatever company I could have started, every one of those years that I, 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 I was, I was learning, I was growing, I, 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 but I always had in my mind, oh man, yeah, I'm gonna do this one day. I'm gonna do this one day. Just figure out how to get started, right? Yeah. And especially, I'm a little older now. Uh, I wish I would have done this in my 20s and my 30s, right? Because, heck, I could have worked a lot more hours and, and made it happen a lot faster than than when I've got these these four kids and, and yes, and the life I've got. Same, same. I mean, for me, and maybe it's personality driven, right? Like some people might look back at their life and the mistakes they made were from uninformed optimism or or from action you know they shot first and they aimed later personalities like mine i aim too long before pulling the trigger and it's like so i have a personal mantra movement matters most is is mine similar to your move matters whatever as movement matters most like dude stop thinking analysis paralysis is, is the trap when i look back and activity has always been my friend i'm gonna learn on the fly and you know you, you can see things more clearly all that kind of thing uh so it sounds like it's it, it's a similar um similar trajectory for you. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, I, I love that move matter because you, you've just got to, you've got to get into it. Right. And it's funny because we have those as core values, but we're guilty of not doing it sometimes. Of course. Which, yeah. That's why you got, that's why you have them. So you can look at them and go, ah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we got, <laughs> that's yeah, what we're I've, supposed I've, to do. I've actually, I've actually got them framed all behind and steam right? Those yeah. frames are, are core values right there. So Heck yeah. That's awesome. Walk by every day. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, Manish, thank you so much for being on here, man. This was a truly enjoyable conversation. Uh, I feel like I found a friend, a, a similar, uh, a similar personality, me out there in the world, and you are doing awesome stuff. It is really cool to see what you have turned peak activity into. I cannot wait to see what comes out of it. And again, thank you for being on here and sharing your wisdom and your time with us. No, thanks. Thanks for having me, Drew. And, and, and uh, good luck to everything that you're doing in the, in the home life, coaching in the home life. Make sure you don't That's forget awesome. that. That's right. That's right. I will do. Appreciate it, buddy. Founders, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hop into our monthly founder email so we can ensure you stay on the edge of peak performance and massive business results.